Hello everyone and welcome to a bonus episode of That Time When. A bone sore episode. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Have I completely thrown you off? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh dear. Well, uh, I'm not going to stop recording, so let's just go. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, the Comedy History Podcast, where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I'm Amelia Redwoods, and with me is my annoying little co-host... <laughs> How dare you? Barnaby King. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How dare you call me annoying, just because I was referencing Bonesaw. I don't know what that is. It's from Spider-Man. It's the wrestler that Spider-Man beats up when he's first Spider-Man. Okay. You know... You know? No? No. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. <laughs> <laughs> that is so niche. Anyway. Um, yeah, but for some reason, I listen to a lot of podcasts where Bonesaw is referenced quite heavily. Oh, I see. It's just become part of my sort of known thing, I guess. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that aside, uh, this is a bonus episode, basically because it's half term. Uh, so I've got some extra free time. Yay! And so I wanted to talk about a story that I keep finding on the internet, and it's fascinating and wild and involves princesses, countesses, and topless dueling. Oh, nice. We're sexing up the podcast. Finally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to get all those clicks from perverts. <laughs> hey, perverts. <laughs> I mean, we do. I did notice that uh, when we did the episode about St. Francis, mm-hmm. um, because we included the word naked in the title, we got a lot of extra listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so hello to you all, perverts. Hey. Hopefully you'll click on this as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they click straight off because we've been mean to them. Oh, I'm sorry. Come back, perverts. It's all right. All right. We're, we're a safe zone for you. <laughs> So, um, today we're actually recording on Pancake Day. Yay! Yay! And I've discovered a new type of pancake I'm I'm very excited to make. Excellent. What's it called, Barnaby? It is called Kaiserschmarrn. And do you know where it comes from? It comes from Austria. Absolutely. And our story today is set in Vienna. Ah, okay. I was wondering if that was going to be a link or if you were just going to be doing those things where it's like, we just talk about our day for about 20 minutes. No, uh, I, I just like the word Kaiserschmarrn. It is a good word. Kaiserschmarrn. Yeah. Um, especially because apparently it's kind of a cute dish, but it sounds intense. Well, yes. I mean, that is the folly of compound nouns in Germanic languages. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we're going to cast our minds back today to the summer of 1892. I remember it well. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to introduce you to Princess Pauline Metternich. Hello. So Princess Pauline Metternich is an absolutely fascinating lady. Mm-hmm. At the time that we are speaking of, she is a grandmother. Okay. Um, and she is still a massive part of both the courts of Vienna and Paris. It says something to my personal prejudices that as soon as you said princess, I imagined a young woman. Yeah. And then you were like grandmother. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Well, got to change up that mental image granted this is back in the day so you could easily be a grandmother at like 40 Mm, yeah fair enough um so yeah here's princess pauline metternich um so she's a socialite who was an interesting part of the court of napoleon the third in paris she's done a lot so one thing she did, she may have influenced the rise of haute couture because okay. she introduced the fashion designer Charles Frederick Worth to the emperor. Okay. So literally creates haute couture as it existed in the late 18, early 1900s. Oh, wow. I know. Um, she was also acquaintances with many artists and composers, including mm-hmm. Prosper Merimée, who wrote Carmen. Yeah. Uh, Camille Sanson. 
Ooh. And Alexandre Dumas. Oh, wow. Okay. And she also directly supported Richard Wagner and Franz Liszt. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So she's like this really important person in artistic and musical circles. She likes the bad boys of artistic circles. I know. Didn't Liszt have a whole thing about about women swooning in the audience? Yeah. Liszt was a real, um, what's the word? Kind of a diva. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But my God, the women loved him. And he had huge hands. Yes. Yes, he did. (laughs) I hate it when composers have huge hands, just because as a as a peer, as a pianist myself, yeah. um, these men with massive hands assume that everybody can do like two octaves at yeah. once, which I cannot. <laughs> I can do one note above an octave. <laughs> um, she's also directly responsible for my mum being really bored at university. Um, what? Okay. Because your mum, the time traveller. Yeah. Um. My so my mum was a part of light opera, a light opera group back oh, in God. her university days. Amazing. Um. And, uh, Pauline Metternich was directly responsible for Bedrich Smetana's comic opera, The Bartered Bride, being produced in Vienna in 1892. Right. And my mum speaks with hatred of The Bartered Bride. <laughs> Apparently, um, all her and all her comic opera friends used to make fun of it and called it The Battered Bride. Right. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, she's she's into a lot of a lot of different musical things. And she was honorary president of the Vienna Musical and Theatre Exposition. Which, well, you would be at this stage. I know. I mean, she's supported so many different composers and that. You've mm-hmm. got, like, you, you'd expect it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is where we get into the excitement of the duel Ooh. of 1892. Because the Countess Kilsmanzeg... Um, was the head of the ladies' committee at the Vienna Musical and Theatre Exposition. Okay. According to the Pall Mall Gazette, Pauline and the Countess Kilsmanzeg, who was the wife of the Stadthalter of Lower Austria, mm-hmm. um, had a fearful quarrel over some arrangements at the exhibition. Right. Apparently, it was a flower ex- arrangement that was, like, the issue. <laughs> the deadliest sort of exhibition. Absolutely. <laughs> so they got very angry at each other and didn't really know who has the final say in these flower arrangements. Okay. Okay. Now, Stick to your composers. I have the florist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now... According to the Secret Memoirs of the Courts of Europe, mm-hmm. which was written and published in 1892 yeah. uh, by Marguerite Cunliffe Owen under the pseudonym of the Marquise de Fontenoy. God, there are so many names this episode. <laughs> I know. I'm too tired to deal with all of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to worry about it. Basically, I'm just pointing out the Marquise de Fontenoy, who wrote the Secret Memoirs of the Courts of Europe, didn't exist. Right. It was this lady, Marguerite Cunliffe Owen. Right. Um, so she wrote these memoirs, which were all about the court circles of the time. Yeah. They are fascinating. Like, they're a really interesting read. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're available. Volume one's available on Project Gutenberg. Volume two, you can get through some, like, weird illicit pdfs online mm. and project three you can get by donating to this podcast 1999 <laughs> and <laughs> um so apparently there was famously a lot of enmity between these two the countess and the princess right um mostly this was one-upmanship um because the countess was recent 
to the Vienna circles. Yeah. She was not Austrian. Ah, okay. Um, but because her husband had control over Lower Austria or like some kind of office ship over Lower Austria, she had to be included in these court circles, but they were a bit clicky and didn't want to include her. Right. So the Countess is trying to throw the best parties and get really popular. Um, and also she tries to take over the presidency of all of Princess Pauline's clubs and charities. Why is this just sounding like Mean Girls? It's so Mean Girls, it hurts. <laughs> Um, incidentally, uh, the Countess is young enough to be the princess's daughter, obviously. Ah, right. Okay, so this argument about floral arrangements, oh, right? God. <laughs> it gets so serious that they decide they've got to have a duel over it. Wow, okay. And, okay, so dueling in both... France and Austria was illegal. Oh. People still did it. Oh, right. Yeah, I see. Um, but they decided they were going to go to Liechtenstein, where they were much less likely to be arrested because there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, they were going to have this duel. And they also took some precautions. So they both took seconds. Mm-hmm. And they invited the Baroness Lubinska from Warsaw. Now, the Baroness Lubinska had studied medicine and had a doctor's degree. So she was there to tend to any wounds. Okay, now I'm just going through the ten dual commandments from Hamilton. Yeah. And it seems like, okay, yeah, they've, yep. they've got this. They've got their seconds. They've, they've got, their got seconds. the doctor on site. Yep. <laughs> Do they get her to turn around so she has a account, uh, deniability? Um, no, she becomes a really big part <laughs> of the duel. <laughs> she gets in there. She, <laughs> she draws out two axes and is just like, let me have both of them. Okay. Berserker rage. <laughs> Okay, the thing is that the Baroness Lubinska is actually a really interesting person. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that the duel has to be topless. Now, <laughs> Okay, so she's the massive perv. She is the massive perv. Now, ultimately, this is because of germ theory. Right. Okay, so the deal was that people didn't tend to get killed in duels straight away. Oh, I see. They get infections. They get infections because basically the cloth that they're wearing gets pushed into the wound and there it festers and then people get sick and die. Right. So she says it's much healthier if we are, you know, naked to do this. Okay. Which, you know, makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be like airborne bacteria that you know is probably going to go oh fantastic no cloth to get in the way (laughs) i mean probably but you can kind of see her no absolutely absolutely and it goes in a bit with the sort of current like central continental theories about nakedness being healthy i guess okay yeah um so yeah when, so, when you say current do you mean modern current or current for this time i mean modern current oh, okay. you know there are all of those clubs who do nudism in places like germany and hungary where you go to do healthy exercise but naked because it's um it's it's better for you i thought people just wanted to do it i think they do but, okay. they, but these are the claims right fair enough i mean you don't need to claim anything if you want to go do exercises naked as long as you know you're not being creepy or anything. Just do it. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. You don't have to make up some bullshit <laughs> just to get your kit off. <laughs> no, it's healthy. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's um, healthy. You won't get 
infected from when you the exercise inevitably turns into a dueling club. <laughs> yes, but it's better for you because you don't get bits of gold cloth stuck in your wings. Exactly, yes. Okay, so apparently she also told nearby men, avert your eyes, ye lustful wretches. Yeah, fair enough. Why were there nearby men? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why were these men just like going, oh my God, have you heard there's going to be a duel over flower arranging? We have to be there. I am so into the latest court gossip. I've got to see this. <laughs> so this duel was to first blood. Yeah. Um. So the princess received a cut to the nose. Ooh. And the countess received a cut to the arm at around the same time. Right. And the duel was decided for the princess Pauline. She won over the flower arrangements. Okay. Well, she got the better title, so... <laughs> it is a good title. I don't know really what princess means in this context, mm. because... Um, like I've said, I have been reading a lot of Tolstoy and pretty much everyone in Russia seems to have been, if you were an aristocrat, you were a princess right, or a prince. Okay. I don't know what the deal is if you're Austrian. Hmm. So princess might even be sort of comparable to countess at this stage. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, when you look up this story online, yeah. you'll find loads you of- you find so much porn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a niche category, to be fair. Okay, apparently, um, uh, like around the time, there were a lot of like dirty postcards and stuff oh made God. of dueling women <laughs> with their tops off. Amazing. Um, there's also a like there's a, a woodcut, I think, that I found, which it was about a different duel, but again, ladies. Yeah. Very much topless. Oh yes, yes. Uh, oh, oh, darling, I'm looking at this woodcut for the for the duels. Yes, I, I look for nothing <laughs> else. It's the early. I read it. I read it for the articles. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's. There's definitely a bit of a, um, a like salacious element mm, to this story. Definitely some voyeurism going on. Oh yes. Um, now the thing is that online arguments about this duel tend to ignore the fact that it's something that a lot of men would be kind of interested in because yeah. they say that actually this duel is really important from a feminist perspective. Okay. Okay, so when you look at the history of duels, yeah. with the exception of medieval husband duels, yep. it was common for women to choose a champion to fight their duels for them. Yeah. However, both Pauline Metternich and Anastasia Kilsmansegg believed in the emancipation of women. Ah, oh, okay. And part of this emancipation was the right to fight over their own honour. Oh, nice. So, okay. So they've got into this argument about flower arranging. <laughs> Normally, they would ask their champions yeah. to fight each other, but they say, no, no, we've got to do this ourselves. This was actually an important point that was being argued by French proto-feminists. Right. Um, so Severine, who was a French journalist and the French, first French woman to run a newspaper... Oh, wow. Um, ...had a colleague fight for her <gasps> in a duel to defend an article she had written. Right. And she was censured by the Paris League for the Emancipation of Women. Oh, no. They were shocked. They were like, <laughs> you should not have got a man to fight your battles for you. <laughs> they walk up to her hand over a great big axe and it's like go fight your own battles <laughs> yeah absolutely they were yeah. like you can't do this um Giselle de Stock who might herself have dueled topless with another woman there's right. a picture of it uh, the other woman being <laughs> her ex-lover and actress Emma Rue <gasps> the scandal I know 
Um, she yeah, said, and you can find dirty postcards here at that time when just said nineteen pound ninety nine. Do people still do that? Are dirty postcards still a thing? Well, okay, I found dirty postcards what? once. Um, when I was okay, I was quite young. Yeah, and I'd gone to Crete with my family. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I must have been twelve. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and you know, I was just—I was looking around at all of the like bottles of olive oil and yeah. the Greek delight, which is definitely not Turkish, no matter what anyone <laughs> says. Um, and yeah, there there were full full on, oh, wow. very naked ladies. Um, <laughs> there, there was a lot going on. I learned. I learned a lot. Oh no! <laughs> oh dear! You don't want sex education to come from dirty postcards. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Okay, so there was this other duel then. There was this other duel, or possibly this other duel. Um, I'm going to be looking into Giselle Destock because there's a lot going on with her and she's fascinating. Um, So she said that a woman who employed a male champion was committing a deed of inferiority. Nice. I I know. That's... that's, uh... Yeah, definitely you know where she stands on this. Oh, yes. Some harsh words, yeah? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so both participants and their and their seconds were female for mm-hmm. this duel, which apparently makes this the first all female duel. Okay. So it's this really important feminist moment. Yeah. However. Okay. There's a reason I saved this story for a bonus episode. Yeah. I don't think it ever really happened. Oh, you tease. I know, I know, but I wanted to tell the story because it's so cool. First. Yeah. Okay, so here's why I don't think this happened. The main sources that we have for the duel come from newspapers. Right. Mostly Austrian and Italian ones, and then they kind of got taken out from those to places like the Pall Mall Gazette, and even like an LA newspaper as well. Wow, okay. But they were all reporting it secondhand based on the other newspapers. Yeah. None of those contain the assertion about toplessness. Right. So I've got no idea where that came from. Uh, I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing it's to sell papers basically <laughs> like, no 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 I mean the newspapers oh, including the Pall Mall Gazette oh. they don't talk about it being a topless duel what so why 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 do you tell me about that then <laughs> because that's the story that every single account of this duel online tells oh right and it also goes into and the Baroness Lubinska and her theories right. about germ theory okay that's wild yep it's something really odd it must have got included in the narrative somewhere before it went online but i don't know where that point is that's mad yeah okay do, do we have like a date from when these started occurring as like in these stories the the stories of them being topless yeah no oh okay. like literally it's just at some point between them being in the newspapers and people finding out about them and putting them online. Yeah. Somebody introduced the topless element to it. Wow. I mean, I, I that's really interesting. It's one of those things that I guess if you spent a lot of time digging, you might be able to like piece together a timeline like this is a goddamn mm-hmm. true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's so weird. I know. Like literally I've got no idea. Wow. And it's interesting because even like even some of the articles online that are giving the original story mm-hmm. um then say at the bottom that the that although this did definitely happen the original accounts don't include toplessness but then they don't 
say why they think that that was part of the duel. Yeah. So where did all like the woodcuts and dirty postcards come from then? Why why were they a thing? Okay, so so the dirty postcards were a thing because of other duels. Right. And also I think because people just really wanted women to be fighting topless. Right. So this is just a sex sells. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and what it sells is dirty postcards. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what kind of confuses the narrative. You've basically got dirty postcards. Yeah. Just made because, you know, people want to look at topless ladies fighting. Mm. And then it gets construed into this story of an actual duel. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, they had their baps out. Yeah. And then people <laughs> try and put a feminist spin on it. And yeah. they're like, well, it's because of Baroness Lubinska, who yeah. is you know, so interested in germ theory and ahead of her time. Okay, so I've got to give a bit of a shout out here to a lady called Jenny Wiltz, um, who basically first told the story as it is told on her own blog. Yeah. Um, She's got a massive interest in princesses and courts and things. And And topless ladies. She also also has a separate blog, which is all about um, the tiaras of yesteryear and how those work which is kind of cool um so the reason i want to shout her out is because she got told in the comments on her blog that this wasn't a true story right and she literally took that and responded to it by doing loads and loads of research into the newspaper articles of the Ah. time which is awesome of her like such a good way to respond to criticism yeah brilliant what what was her name sorry jenny wiltz jenny wiltz well done jenny wiltz yeah thank you so much um so the majority of newspaper articles that she could find are actually refutations of the duel oh so princess pauline metternich wanted to make it really clear that this never happened at all what, there was no duel at all? There was no duel My at God. all. There's just so many layers to this. I know. Unlike the topless ladies. Mm. <laughs> I want to make a note that in the secret memoirs of the Marquise de Fontenoy, which is the reason I yeah. brought it up before, uh, she was well known for doing all kinds of like shocking and interesting things. Right. Um, Again, those might be lies, but but I want to make <laughs> She's it... She's the first tabloid journalist. <laughs> I want to make it clear, she wouldn't have been refuting things that she actually did because she's kind of known for being this like really vivacious, really interesting person. Right. Um, so, for example, um, there's a story in the memoirs, which is about how she and another lady invited some Hungarians to dine, along with some other aristocrats that they knew in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Hungarians, as soon as they sat down, started like lobbing cups and silverware across what? the table at each other. Um, and the other guests are sitting there completely shocked. Yeah, They keep catching and throwing these cups <laughs> and, and saucers and things. And Princess Pauline and her friend are laughing hysterically, so much so, according to to the memoirs that you wouldn't realise that they are, you know, old ladies. They're <laughs> more like the young schoolgirls they once yeah. were. And then eventually they realised that the Hungarians were actually acrobats and jugglers that ah, they had asked over to pose as guests amazing. and they'd set up this whole prank. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. It's just making me think, though, of, um, uh, weirdly enough, of the hobbits. I'm oh, thinking yeah. thinking of the dwarfs cleaning up. I think we're imagining exactly that. Yeah. But, like, literally just to play a prank on some aristocrats who weren't expecting it. Yeah. So 
so i mean she's up to some crazy stuff that's cool like again that's one of those things might not have happened possibly did but like she'd be refuting loads of stuff yeah. if people just constantly made things up about her you know i have to say i really love that story because it's one of those things where when you're looking at history i think it's very easy to sort of look at the differences between people now and people in the past because mm-hmm. obviously there are a lot of differences uh, there are even some theories bringing my own knowledge into it of uh, psychology that the very sort of sense of self yeah. that people have had changed about 200 years ago okay um but i love these sorts of stories because it's like people are still doing stuff that you know yeah you'd think of today that sounds like something that would be like a flash mob thing on facebook or something yeah absolutely like people at a food court and it's like oh are they having a food fight and it's like no it's a troop of acrobats like promoting some sort of show yeah I love that. That's, that's, that's giving me a nice warm feeling. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you like Pauline. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, so the fact that she was cut on the nose might be important as a hint that this didn't happen. Okay. Uh, so in her early years at court, Metternich had allegedly started a club for ugly women. Oh, okay. So... Did she feel she was part of it or was she mocking them? No, she was part of it. Like, she made fun of her own appearance all the time. Okay, fair enough. Um, She's got that self-deprecating British (laughs) humour. Yeah, well, she said that... um, Well, or generally it was thought that she had this prominent nose that made her look a bit like a monkey. Okay. And she used to call herself la singe à la mode, which means the fashionable monkey. (laughs) She was really like into this whole thing and she wouldn't let people make fun of her. She'd make fun of herself. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that is definitely a way to deal with it. A way that takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. Well done. Uh, apparently the club failed because not many other women wanted to be part of a club for ugly women. Yeah, fair enough. And I guess if you are a princess, you've probably got some, you know... Hang-ups? Well, not hang-ups so much. I was thinking you have like some stuff to fall back on so you don't feel like this is just an insult. Mm. Like, you still have your station. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason why she gets cut on the nose might be a bit of a joke. Right. Because her nose is so big that obviously it would be easy to cut it. Mm. Or... Or this story is disguised the fact that she went and had a nose job. <gasps> that scar on her nose, it was actually from a rhinoplasty. <laughs> I don't know how big rhinoplasty was in the 1890s. <laughs> I mean, I think the, it, it, thinking about doctoring at the time, you probably just cut the nose off. No nose for you. Oh, no. But how does she smell? <laughs> <laughs> Delightful, because she's friends with a lot of perfumiers, probably. <laughs> Okay, now one of the things that has bugged me about this as well, yeah. because I wanted to find all kinds of proof about the story, yeah. is that I can't find anything about the Baroness Lubinska. Okay. Now, I was able to find a Lubienski family right. in Poland, which has the title of Baron. Yeah. Um, but when you look it up, there's no sign of Lubinska among the famous yeah. people of that family. Which seems really weird to me because surely if you are a noble female doctor 
in the 1890s, you would be interesting enough to warrant yeah. some kind of research. Someone would have written about you. Especially because she had an ahead-of-her-time understanding of germ theory, yeah. according to the story. Like, that is wild. Yeah, this is this is the sort of person that, if they, if they exist, someone will have written their thesis on her. I would hope so. <laughs> now, the thing is that she wouldn't be one of the first female doctors no. in Poland. Yeah. Um, the first female doctor in Poland was somewhere in the 1870s. Yeah. But she would still be pretty early oh, and definitely. pretty rare and the fact that she's also a baroness would be amazing yeah so if anyone knows about baroness lubinska and she did actually exist and have a doctor's license please tell me about her because she sounds really cool yeah absolutely and i want to know more if she did indeed exist <laughs> if she didn't get in touch and yeah. tell us that she didn't exist well this is the problem because um what is it um a lack of evidence is not... Oh, uh, absence of evidence yeah. is not evidence of absence. Exactly. Yeah. So she could have existed. Yeah. It could just be that no one really cares enough, but Aww. I-, I hope that somewhere out there, there is a Baroness Lubinska expert who can get in touch. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk um, about how the fact that this duel didn't happen yeah. isn't something that should make us feel sort of sad or downhearted. Um <laughs> No, because I want topless ladies fighting with swords, damn it. Well, yeah, this is the this is the thing about this story. We all want this to be true. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing is that there are other female duels. Okay. There are loads of them. Yeah. And there are other fascinating characters who were having those duels. Right. So I think the thing is with this story, because it's got everything, it's got princesses and it's got emancipation of women and it's sex got appeal. court stuff. Um, <laughs> sex appeal, yes. Um, I think some authors really tried to exaggerate the importance of this duel. Right. So like by saying that it's the first emancipated duel, yeah. by saying that it's the first all-female duel, it wasn't the first all-female all duel, as far as I can work out. Mm. Um, there was a duel that happened in the 1700s between two women with pistols nice. in London called the Petticoat Duel. <gasps> um, Amazing. There... Okay, is this going to be a thing where it's like, ah, oh, women, their duels are about such silly matters such as flower arranging and petticoats, um, <laughs> and they'll kill each other over it. Well, okay, so uh, most most of the duels, as far as I know, have been over men, right? which makes sense because most duels from men seem to happen over women or yeah. points of honour. Yeah. Um, but one happened between... Two female doctors. One of them, I think, was French and the other one was American. Right. And it was, which country has the best medical system? <laughs> and that happened... Neither. <laughs> this was in the 1800s. Yeah, still, neither. <laughs> medicine, like, American and European medicine at the time was shocking. Yes, I know. But, I mean, isn't that an interesting topic? I would love it if it was like they were fighting over who had the better mes- medicine. Mm-hmm. Is it Arabia? Or is it- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but there are instances of female duels throughout European history, particularly French history, for some yeah. reason. Again, I don't know if it's just that French history was better noted mm. down or whether the French particularly liked duels, so that went across to ladies more. Well, that would fit in the sort of stereotype of France. It's, yeah. you know, duels are more salacious, so of course they're going to talk about it more. Oh, sure, but then why aren't there more Russian female duels? Uh, they love their yeah. duels in 19th century Russian fiction. That's true, that's true, but... 
maybe they were just like maybe at that point it's just so ordinary that it wasn't worth talking about could be <laughs> and so yeah they they also fought with swords pistols and knives in one instance nice there is an occasion where it seems like two French um, semi-aristocratic ladies, not as aristocratic as Pauline and the Countess, um, left a party and had a duel, which was actually a knife fight in the gardens. Oh my God. It's like chucking out time at a, like, a really rough pub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just have a knife fight in the car park. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I am happy that I had a look through this story because... Yeah. Um, it did lead me to learn about Pauline Metternich, who was super cool. Yeah. Um, she really was interested in the emancipation of women, by the way. Fair enough. Um, so she led fashion for absolutely years and years. Mm-hmm. And she seems to have done it while being a popular person because she was so good humored and so much fun. Yeah. She um, does. I mean, she sounds like a great time. Yeah. She also taught ladies in Vienna and Paris how to skate. Oh, awesome. And um, she encouraged them to smoke cigars without fearing for their reputations. Brilliant. Uh, did, did she teach them to smoke cigars while skating? I, I mean, hope so. And is this ice skating or roller skating? I think this is ice skating. Fair I enough. don't think roller skates had been ex- like in existence at this point. Although they, no, might they, have... they had. Yeah. Um, the Tunneling Lord, remember? Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Tunneling Lord. Yeah, he was very fond of roller skating. I think it's ice skating, though. Okay. Um, but in any case, like it's lo- lots of ladies in the court having a good time, which is basically what she seems to have wanted. Wait, okay. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going to... I would like it to be roller skating because okay. she's basically invented roller derby. That's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is the, the like... That is the feminist sport. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So even though it may not be true, in my head canon, she gets these ladies to get on roller skates, mm-hmm. smoke cigars, and just batter the shit out of each other. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at that time when for, and if you have any suggestions of your own, or if you have any more information about this topic, you can email us at ttwpod at gmail.com. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, and pretty much any of the other music that uh, I put in these episodes. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.